I think Missouri's defensive game plan against Georgia is going to be rather predictable. But if the Tigers can pull it off, they've got a real shot at victory in Athens. So let's talk about where I see this game headed coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100 daily fantasy sports made easy. And you know what's not going to be easy? Beating Georgia down in Athens this week. No question about that. Though I will say over at FanDuel Sportsbook, the line creeping in Missouri's direction after opening up as high as maybe 20 points in certain places, that was a very brief period of time from what I could tell. Highest I saw over at FanDuel Sportsbook posted was 17.5. Well, we're now looking at 15.5 Missouri is the underdog, and and listen, I think that's much more of a respect thing for Georgia than it is disrespect for our Missouri Tigers. Listen, I get it. The, the Bulldogs, have, they're two-time defending national champions. They've won 25 games in a row. They're going for what would be the first three-peat, if you will, in modern college football history, which I would I would say anything post-World War II I would describe as modern football history, though I don't know, once you get into the 50s and 60s, even more so, of course, as, as black players became much more common throughout college football, of course. But make no mistake, this is going to be a hell of a matchup for Missouri, a really tough matchup, and honestly, the fact that it's in Athens... It's just going to be a tough road for Missouri to hoe. However, having said all of that, I do really see this game playing out for Missouri's defense under two scenarios. Because Missouri, to me, absolutely has to put pressure on Georgia quarterback Carson Beck. Because if they don't, I I think they're kind of screwed, to be honest with you. I just don't see this game going well if Georgia is able to avoid Missouri's pressure. And as I alluded to in my cold open there, I think the plan is going to be really, really predictable for Missouri. It's going to be exactly more or less what Georgia saw last year from the Tigers and what South Carolina saw last week from the Missouri defense as well. So I think everything that Georgia is going to see from Missouri is going to be on film. It's going to be man-to-man defense, bringing extra guys in pressure, five, six, even seven on occasion. We're talking cover one coverage for the most part, a single high safety, and obviously even some cover zero as well with no safety help and just everybody man-to-man along with a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Now, one thing is, One way to break a lot of pressure on the quarterback, a lot of blitzing, is with a good running quarterback. And we saw Jaden Daniels, of course, of LSU do that against Missouri quite effectively in Columbia just a few weeks ago. But that's not who Carson Beck is. He's not really a runner whatsoever. He has less than 100 yards rushing this season so far. So I just think if you're Missouri, not only do you want to play that 
that pressure man-to-man type coverage that bothered Georgia for a lot of the 2022 game, I would actually put Ennis Rakestraw in the slot, especially when Dominic Lovett, of course the former Missouri Tiger, transferred to Georgia this past offseason. When Lovett in particular, or perhaps Lad McConkie, is in the slot, when Georgia has three wide receivers out on the field, I'd like to see Rakestraw on that slot receiver for the most part, playing the slot corner for all intents and purposes. Because I think without Brock Bowers, you can focus your best slot corner, your best slot defender on him, have Dalen Carnell cover the other Georgia tight end, whoever their backup tight end is, have him play that and have him be essentially more of a run defender and linebacker for all intents and purposes. Because I wouldn't actually play dime defense here. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying actually to put in put in Drayden Norwood, the other corner, have him in for Joseph Charleston, for instance. So you're still in a nickel defense. You're just having one extra corner out there instead of one extra safety. I just think for this particular matchup, that makes a lot of sense. And because I think Missouri in those three receiver sets, I think they're going to want to play nickel, of course, a slight modification on their usual nickel I'm suggesting there. I would also suggest that, again, bringing that that extra pressure, the fifth and sixth guys in pressure, a lot of that's about stopping that Georgia run game as well because I just don't think Missouri has the luxury in the running game or the passing game of just dropping back with seven in coverage and rushing four and hoping that works. I think Georgia's offensive line is just going to be too good for that. Now, so what's going to happen here is it's all going to come down to, to me, are Georgia's receivers good enough to separate from coverage? Can they make plays against the weaker parts of Missouri's secondaries? And again, if Ennis Rakestraw is on Dominic Lovett, I don't know that they do have the receivers to do that. It'll be interesting to see that in particular. I also think Missouri, for as much as they're going to have to be aggressive defensively in man coverage in this game, I think the one thing they should every defender out there should have in the back of their minds is the screen pass because, again, something that can break pressure easily along with the quarterback run, screen passes, to say the least, and some really talented Georgia running backs as per usual and good linemen that can get downfield. So if you're a Missouri defender, always have the possibility of a screen pass in the back of your mind. If Georgia is able to keep Carson Beck protected if they're able to get the ball out of his hands quickly and beat Missouri effectively with screen passes that's the other scenario that I'm talking about if that scenario plays out and Missouri can't get effective pressure on Beck then I could really see this game going really poorly for the Missouri defense but I'm leaning toward the other way though because Carson Beck has shown not totally unlike Brady Cook that he's a different quarterback when he's under pressure versus having a clean pocket Well, fortunately for Missouri, Brady Cook has had a lot of clean pockets this year. The offensive line deserves a lot of credit for being much better in pass protection this year than they were last season. But again, for Georgia, I think for all the talk of Brock Bowers and his injury, I know they have some some issues at right tackle, some injuries there. I think you could see Darius Robinson lining up against that right tackle a lot and just pressure brought from the right side pretty consistently by the Missouri defense and just kind of dare Georgia to beat those really good Missouri corners over the top and under different scenarios. I, I just think... 
I, I think it's too much at this point. As you can tell, I'm optimistic right now about this matchup because really, I, I think that was it last season. Just Missouri matched up pretty well with what Georgia like to do and did some stuff defensively that bothered them. And frankly, I just don't see a lot of reasons why why that particular dynamic has changed in a year's time. If anything, I think the matchup looks very much similar on paper. And I do have to point this out. Your chances for an upset go up quite a bit if you actually have the best player on the field. Well, I think the best offensive player on the field this coming Saturday will be Luther Burden. So I want to talk about Luther, of course, and also I want to show you a look offensively from the South Carolina game that I think can really be effective for Missouri against Georgia and the rest of this season as well. But now it is time for the Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. And much like Dennis Gates, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. And yes, Dennis Gates, can you believe how psyched we are for basketball right now, even though this is the biggest Missouri game in, in a decade probably. So just a lot of good times here around Missouri and a lot of good times to be had with Athletic Brewing Company because they make non-alcoholic beers that are fit for any occasion. They are best for watching the game, watching your kids' game, tackling work, working out even. Again, these beers, these these near beers are fit for all time. So, first-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That's that's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions apply, conditions apply, Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. And passion, patience, and drive. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. And really with Brock Bowers ruled out of this game on Saturday, the Georgia star tight end, of course, I really don't think it's controversial at all to say that Luther Burden is going to be the best offensive player on the field in that ball game. I think you'll see Tyke Smith for Georgia, their star player, think Dalen Carnell, a little bit similar role there. He's probably going to be the guy who mans up with Burden a lot in that slot position. So if Burden, I think Burden, if he has a huge game for Missouri, I think that's almost required really for Missouri to have a decent chance 
in this ball game here. I also just think it's important for Missouri to play loose. Obviously, Missouri has to avoid a Kentucky start. Obviously, the Kentucky finish was great, but that 14 nothing start, everything before the Luke Bauer to Marquise Johnson fake punt, well, Missouri just seemed like a team to me that was tight and just was not playing good football. Everything after that fake punt, it just seemed like guys were, were obviously hamming it up and laughing it up, high-fiving and everything. Luke Bauer is, is you know, talking, talking junk and getting everybody loose on the sidelines. I think Missouri's just got to think, we got to start the game like that. Let's make sure that we're out there having fun. All of this stuff, Missouri has everything in the world to play for. You know, it's one of the two biggest games of the week, along with Alabama and LSU. You know, the eyes of the nation are going to be on Missouri in a big way on Saturday. So here's the thing. That means there's a lot of pressure. Well, you know what? Again, football's supposed to be fun. Heck, let's do something crazy on the first series. Let's have Cody Schrader throw the ball or something. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm being a little hyperbolic there. But some kind of trick play, something that will just get Missouri, the sideline excited, loosened up a little bit. I just think that's a really important element, a real important psychological element of this ball game. Now, speaking of the psychological element, a lot of people have been talking about, well, does Missouri have Georgia's attention from last season? And honestly, I'm not a big group psychology guy. Maybe, maybe not. I just don't think that's particularly important. I think both teams are going to be ready to come out and play in this ball game. To me, I think, again, the quarterback pressure factor and just the pressure factor in general is much more important than this sort of group psychological dynamic that a lot of people are trying to play right now. If Missouri's able to protect Brady Cook, I think we'll move the football through the air. If Georgia is able to protect Carson Beck, I think they'll be able to move the ball. So to me, that is much more important than any sort of motivational ploys or dynamics here. And because of Missouri's depth at receiver this season, I've talked a lot about how I'd like to see Missouri run more 10 personnel, or in other words, one back four right wide receivers and no tight ends. And you might just assume that, well, in that 10 personnel with four receivers, I might just want to throw the ball all over the yard in that scenario. But not necessarily. In fact, a lot of times I think you can run the ball incredibly effectively out of 10 personnel. And I want to show exactly what I'm talking about here. Let's just, here, let's see if I can successfully share my screen here. Here we go. Entire screen, bingo, bango. Yes, I am so good at this stuff. Okay, here we go. So here's what I'm talking about here. Missouri, obviously, with a, a simple formation here. What, what I like is they show the shifting here. You've got the four wide receivers. Missouri shifts into a shotgun formation here with Cody Schrader. To Brady Cook's left, and that's more of a, a passing look. That's type of pre-snap here. You'd probably think, okay, Missouri is actually going to throw the ball here. But in fact, what happens is they shift back into a pistol formation. Rather simply here, oh, they like the look for the run. So Brady Cook gets in front of Schrader, Schrader behind him. We've got a pistol, and you look at how South Carolina defends this. They choose to go man-to-man, -man, put four guys on the outside here on all of these receivers. Well, what that does is it takes guys out of the box 
in terms of run defense. Only six guys in the box here against seven guys in the box, if you include Cook here, as the handoff man. So what does Missouri do? Well, since you can run either way pre-snap here, you have no idea if Missouri's going to go left or right in terms of direction, so you can't really cheat either way. That also means on these outside zone plays, you don't really have to worry about the backside as much. So look what happens here. Just look at the massive gaping hole that is given to Cody Schrader here. Again, Missouri basically, notice Javon Foster, the left tackle here. He does not block that guy on the backside of the play here, as I was alluding to. That's one of the advantages of these stretch plays here. And because Cook is a, poten a good potential runner, he can just keep that guy at bay as well, just with the threat of a run. Again, this look here with four receivers, you can immediately go, okay, they're spreading out. They're taking guys out of the box here. This is a great run look here on first and 10 for Missouri. And indeed, they pick up about 25 yards here and get it into the red zone. I just think that's something you can see Missouri do over and over again. And again, pre-snap here, you don't like the run look. It's so simple to just back out into a shotgun type play here and run some type of passing play here too. So to me, this is a great look for Missouri that is really, really tough to defend because they can throw and pass the ball. And coming up, I've talked a lot about the offense and the defense for Missouri so far, but really my biggest concern might actually be special teams. I think the dogs probably have the biggest advantage at that part of the game. So let's talk about that. But first, I want to tell you about prize picks because you know what? Sometimes daily fantasy sports for us noobs out there can be a little bit intimidating. Frankly, you need the easiest and most exciting way to play daily for fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and DFS sharks. You can pick more or less on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings potentially roll in. You see, the great thing about prize picks is not only do they have their daily awesome contests, they have weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each and every Tuesday, prize picks, discounts, select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use promo code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. That's PrizePicks Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. Now after week nine here, the S&P Plus rankings over at ESPN.com, my personal preferred preferred form of advanced stat rankings and projections has Georgia as the sixth best offense in the country and the fifth best defense in the country. Now that's obviously incredibly impressive, but Missouri not too shabby in its own right with the 20th best offense and 27th best defense. So you combine those two things together and you've got quite a combination. Actually the unit that's holding down Missouri the most compared to the Bulldogs and, well, the rest of the country is special teams. Missouri with just the 93rd best special teams rankings 
so far. Georgia, the 13th best at that particular facet of football. And I got to say, over the years, it seems like if Missouri gets a punt blocked once a year, for example, well, it's by Georgia. And obviously, Missouri can't afford to let that happen down in Athens and expect to win. And you saw Georgia block a punt against Florida this past week down in Jacksonville. You know, it's just one of those things where Georgia has so much depth in terms of talent and speed and just four and five star freshmen and sophomores who are chomping at the bit to get into the ball game when, well, heck, the punt team and the kickoff team, this is their time to shine. These guys, get, they get great coaching as well. So it's just one of those things where Missouri really, really really better be on its P's and Q's in terms of special teams because if you allow one of those type of big play punt blocks to happen, I just can't really see a scenario where Missouri wins and that happens. Now, fortunately, I see a lot of scenarios in which the Missouri basketball team is really good this season. Tigers tip off against Arkansas Pine Bluff a week from today at Mizzou Arena. I'll certainly be there. I'm excited for basketball once again, though. I think some people have probably felt like I haven't talked enough about basketball lately. What can I say? We're right in the middle of an incredible Missouri football season. And at this point, when it comes to the basketball Tigers, I, I just don't have a ton to add right at this moment. What type of information do I really have to share with you? There's rumors out there that Missouri had a secret scrimmage with Marquette in the last week or so, and the Tigers fared well, barely lost to a Marquette team that is a top 10, 15 type of unit, according to most. So who the heck knows what any of that means? What was the the minutes distributions for Marquette and Missouri? Was that the usual kind of rotations they're going to play? Probably not. So I don't even know if this event happened. The point is, come Monday, I'm going to have real basketball to look at and analyze. And believe me, our cup will runneth over with my basketball takes. I can't wait to get there on hoops. And by the way, just one more final basketball note here to close out on. Kobe Brown actually scored his first NBA points last night with the Los Angeles Clippers as they blew out the San Antonio Spurs. Kobe hit a three-pointer, was actually one of two from downtown, had four rebounds in just five minutes of action. Ended up looking pretty comfortable out there. The only thing I would say early on here in Kobe's career, I just hope that the Clippers don't totally pigeonhole him offensively as just a, a stretch type of forward, a 3-and-D guy where he just only stands out there and shoots three-pointers from the corner. I'd just like to like to see him be able to show his more diversified game for what it really is because he obviously is a very multi-talented player without a doubt. And also another thing to note, Clippers are off to a pretty impressive start here. Uh, Kobe hasn't gotten a lot of minutes, had a DNP coach's decision the previous game, just played a handful of minutes opening night for the Clippers. I would just say Kobe's going to get his opportunities because Kawhi Leonard, Paul George haven't exactly been the most available players for the last two to three years here with Los Angeles. So there's going to be load management nights, legitimate injury nights for those guys almost certainly. So 
I think in those nights in particular, Kobe will will get his chance to shine. But interesting to see the Clippers get off to a good start. Kobe could be on one of the best teams in the league here. We'll, we'll just have to see how that plays out. But obviously, congratulations to that young man on his first NBA action and his first points in the league as well. So, you know what? Until next time, thanks for thanks for listening to Locked on Mizzou, as always, making it your first listen every day. You know what, for you everydayers, I'll be back with you Tuesday with more on this Missouri-Georgia ball game right here on Lockdown Mizzou.